Ready to find your next favorite podcast? Start here. Isn't the actual problem that um, social media providers are rather in the position of, you know, the people who originally split the atom and then realized they created a dreadful monster which could not be tamed at all? When you have one society running trivia as its main source of information for many years, and you have another society running educational videos, science experiments, patriotism videos, museum exhibits, you know, I can tell you what those two societies are going to look like 10 years from now. Uh, speaking of Ray Kurzweil, so I heard Peter Diamantis talk about a, an inflection point that he said was maybe 12 years away where the uh, ability to extend lifespan was progressing quicker than people were aging. Today, we introduce you to three podcasts that focus on the ethics of technology. Get set for Moral Maze, Your Undivided Attention, and Crypto Voices. Welcome to Start Here from Cincinnati Public Radio. I'm Trip Elbridge. Each week, we sample and highlight three podcasts to help you navigate the exploding podcast world and maybe find your next podcast obsession. Plus, get an email summary of each podcast we feature with our weekly Start Here email blast. Just go to wvxu.org slash subscribe and select the Start Here Blast email at the bottom of the page. And if you like what you hear, please rate us in Apple Podcasts. A five-star rating will help others find us in the iTunes gallery. With special thanks to Cincinnati Public Radio's Ronnie Salerno and Kevin Reynolds, let's start here. Technology both responds to our needs and shapes our future. And along the way, technology creates and responds to the ethics of our day. Well, podcasts are a wonderful resource to explore the complex and growing questions around the ethics of technology. These complex themes can be plumbed and shared effectively in the form of a podcast. And today, we're focusing on three podcasts that help explore the ethics of technology. We begin, appropriately enough, with the Moral Maze podcast from the BBC. With the advent of AI, virtual reality, CRISPR gene splicing, and more, it truly does feel like we're running through a moral maze, not knowing which way to turn. Well, to help us make sense of the technological universe and its implications on our ethics, Moral Maze assembles a four-person panel to discuss the moral and ethical issues raised by a recent news story. Michael Burick delivers a preamble, launching the topic, then a series of witnesses, what they call witnesses, experts or other relevant people, provide their guidance through the maze of considerations. Here's a list to give you a sense of the Moral Maze podcast. In this clip, digital researcher Ellen Judson, CEO of Index on Censorship Ruth Smith, and internet safety expert Will Gardney discuss the negative impact of social media and the responsibilities and safeguards social media companies must take. Isn't the actual problem that um, social media providers are rather in the position of, you know, the people who originally split the atom and then realized they created a dreadful monster which could not be tamed at all. Given the harm done by social media, the addiction of children, the exposure to porn, the Is there a question at the end of this, Melanie? Differentiate, or... yeah, Men... The ability, inability to differentiate I, I... between truth and lies. Isn't the problem not inadequate law, but companies, the social media companies themselves? Well, I, I, I think there's a lot of what you said, which is um, you, you, can, you can see in, in the service there. But I think if you were to talk to children and young people, they see extraordinary benefit. And I think the, the, to focus purely on, on the negative side of the technology and ignore the, the positive is one of the greatest risks we have in this whole, in this whole space. Anne McElvoy? You're on the Facebook Safety Advisory Board. Can you just give me an example of something that you've advised them to stop doing? I um, 
I, I can't do that, but I can tell you what, why we're on the board. So we, we talk to children and young people in schools all the time, and it's an opportunity that we have to take some of what we hear and deliver it right back to the heart of why the organisation. Why can't you, you say what you... I mean, this is one of the major... Well, I mean, whatever names change. Uh, but why can't, can't you say what you would advise a major tech platform, let's put it that way, to do or well, not I, to. I think in, in, in many respects, I, what I would advise to Facebook, I'd be very happy to say in, in the public domain in, in any case. There is an NDA about some commercial elements which, which I'm but, not but, I mean, Just to broadly about. speaking, what do you advise them to do and not do? So um, I'm absolutely in favour of trying to promote um, education uh, within the platform to try and use opportune moments to try and uh, so when, you know, if somebody's about to post something, is that a moment we can try and use to try and provide good advice to children and young people. I'm advised to try and be clear about privacy controls. I would prefer to have privacy by default, and that's a step which the organisations are taking. I think regulation has been an important part in that. So when new years come on, they are clear about the environment that they're entering into. Our first Ethics of technology theme podcast, the BBC's Moral Maze. Listen for more, just click on Start Here from the podcast menu at wvxu.org. Our theme is the ethics of technology and podcasts that explore that theme. This next podcast demands your attention, your undivided attention. In fact, that's its name, your undivided attention. In this podcast from the Center for Human Technology, co-host Tristan Harris and Aza Raskin explores the incredible power that technology has over our lives. You'll hear from an array of thought leaders like Kate Raworth on Renegade Economics, Audrey Tang on Digital Democracy, Daniel Schmachtenberger on Global Coordination, and Yuval Noah Harari on Coevolution of Technology and Democracy. Let's sample your undivided attention from the episode that Tristan Harris posted after his recent interview on 60 Minutes. In this clip, Harris talks about how ByteDance, the Chinese owner of TikTok, deploys different versions of the software for the social media giant to the West versus what they show to the Chinese. One view is that the Chinese Communist Party is deliberately skewing TikTok to be corrosive to Western culture and values and sending us down the rabbit hole, downgrading and degrading our attention spans, our education levels, our thoughtfulness, our critical thinking. And that's really not what I'm proposing. But the least we can say is that the Chinese Communist Party is regulating their domestic version of TikTok because they do recognize that it influences the education level, the values, the aspirations, the careers of the people in their society. And in the 60 Minutes interview, we said that ByteDance ships the spinach version of TikTok to its citizens domestically in China, while it ships the opium version of TikTok to the rest of the world. Now, the word opium is triggering because of the history of the opium wars and uh, British colonization of China. What I was really trying to say is that China actually ships the kind of mindless donuts version that keeps the rest of the world in a kind of trap of amusing themselves to death, to borrow the title of the book by Neil Postman, Amusing Ourselves to Death. That when you have one society running trivia as its main source of information for many years, and you have another society running educational videos, science experiments, patriotism videos, museum exhibits, you know, I can tell you what those two societies are going to look like 10 years from now. And as I mentioned in this interview, the number one aspired to career in China is astronaut, while the number one most aspired to career in the United States is social media influencer. Keep in mind, TikTok is the number one most used social media app in many countries around the West, including, I believe, now in the United States. 
And so if TikTok is the number one source of information and politicians actually have to be on TikTok to get elected, what does that say about TikTok as essentially the indirect voting machine for the entire world? This is what needs to change. And so that's the thing I wanted to focus on. I was so proud that 60 Minutes covered the business model of competing for engagement at all costs. And how if I don't go lower in the race to the bottom of the brainstem, I'll lose to the actors that do. And that has been the core critique of the Center for Humane Technology for the last 10 years. It's not about one of these problems. It's about how a whole system of incentives needs to be changed. From the Center for Human Technology, that's a sample of the podcast, Your Undivided Attention. Find more from the Start Here Collections page on the podcast menu at wvxu.org. On to our final ethics and technology podcast. It's a Cincinnati-based podcast. Starting Porkopolis Economics after receiving his degree from the University of Cincinnati, Matthew Mazinski also created the podcast Crypto Voices with fellow economist Alec Harris. Crypto Voices podcast covers Bitcoin, economics, privacy, and ethics all in one entertaining and sometimes very complex podcast. In its sixth year, Crypto Voices has engaged numerous authors and experts across the industry to speak about technology's impact on our lives. So let's sample Crypto Voices with the episode number 125. Here, Matthew and Alec talk with Brian Bishop. Brian's original Bitcoin contributor and a transhumanism expert. He talks about how Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general can lead to a more successful world and in particular, a better human society. Uh, You know, a friend of mine, Joseph Jackson, likes to point out that Bitcoin um, allows for long-term thinking because when you have a scarce asset that you're certain will continue to be scarce, you can suddenly pivot your investments. You you don't have to go... chase yield and chase gains and stuff like that. Um, and so when you get this longer term perspective, you're able to make technological investments in, in much bigger projects, you know, maybe stuff like longevity, um, you know, human enhancement projects, uh, nootropics, smart drugs, rather, uh, all sorts of things. About compounding, because I love that topic. I talk about it a lot with uh, monetary-based research that I do. And I think a lot of people just don't understand the power of compounding. You kind of mentioned something that, again, piqued my interest there. Like, yeah, you have a longer term horizon. You might not need to take as many uh, gambles or risks as far as investments that people think they need to take today, especially in the stock market. Is there a timeline? Like, are people projecting where things might sort of take off? I know Ray Kurzweil has this sort of singularity idea, which last I remember was somewhere in like the late 2030s. Are you interested in any of those prognoses? Not really. I think it's really hard to predict the future. I'm, I'm more of a believer that the future is already here. It's just not very evenly distributed. Yeah. And with regards to com- compounding uh, returns, you know, one of the things I like to say about you know, smart drugs, nootropics, you know, the, the concept is that maybe we can make a drug that you take it and you get smarter. Well, you know, my definition of the minimum viable version of a smart drug is you take the smart drug, you get smart enough to make a better version of a smart drug, you know? And that is the point at which we really take off. That's like the limitless uh, scenario mm-hmm. at the end of the movie. Yeah. Big fan. That was a cool story. So there is a cohort in, I guess, the science and health community that is really into you know health span and lifespan and, and extending uh, what would be the average or possible lifespan for humans. Uh, David Sinclair from Harvard 
uh, is notable there and Peter Diamantis um, as well. And there, there's others, but those are the two I'm familiar with. And so uh, speaking of Ray Kurzweil, so I heard Peter Diamantis talk about a, an inflection point that he said was maybe 12 years away where the uh, ability to extend lifespan was progressing quicker than people were aging. Uh, and so you could add you know, more life per year than people were aging at, at the same time. From our local creators, that's a sample of Crypto Voices. Get more now from the podcast menu at wvxu.org. Just choose Start Here. Thank you for joining us for Start Here, Cincinnati Public Radio's Discovery Podcast. For more about other podcasts we like, check out the Start Here collection at wvxu.org. It's our new specially curated collection of podcasts we think you might enjoy. Plus, check out the local podcast collection, podcasts created right here in Cincinnati by our local creators. And remember, if you've got a podcast or an episode you'd like to recommend, email us at podcast at wvxu.org. I'm Trip Eldridge for Cincinnati Public Radio, and thank you for choosing to start here.